like I had already said, we are a platform that allows people to come on and uh, share their opinions and beliefs. And it doesn't mean we agree and it doesn't mean you have to agree, but we're, our show is called Herspective. So we're providing other perspectives. Hey, ladies. Hey, ladies. And welcome back to Herspective. And happy third episode of season three. Three and three. Three and three. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> yes. No, we're, we're plugging along. It's still so crazy that we're in season three. I know. And this is a kind of an episode that is going to be a little bit different and we'll get into why. Mm-hmm. But for those that are following us on social, you may have noticed that this episode is coming out later than it normally would. But in true perspective fashion, we have experienced quite a bit of technical difficulties, but not to fret. <laughs> our episodes are still always going to come out. Sometimes they may just be not on time like they usually are, but whatever curse has been placed on us... <laughs> I know. For some unknown reason, like why does I the know. tech gods hate us? Do we does our podcast just live in Mercury retrograde or something? I don't I don't know, but that's where we're at. It's very confusing. <laughs> and I I've said this time and time again, we are young, technically savvy women. For some reason, technically I'm like, do they is it supposed to be technologically? Yes. <laughs> Oh, fuck. In true Jessica fashion. Oh, my also, God. <laughs> I can't say words. There is no phrase wow. safe if Jessica <laughs> is trying to say it. It's getting to the point where it's not even phrases or sayings. <laughs> it's simply words. words. <laughs> so, okay. I don't even know what I was going to say. In, in true... I don't even know what I was going to say. I'm so shocked <laughs> at myself right now. Completely thrown you for a loop. But, you know, yeah. it just wouldn't be the same if you, like, got what you were saying right. Because, like, that's not on brand for you. <laughs> no, it's not. Oh, wow. Okay, so this is what I was going to go in the direction of saying. At least our technology issues are within, you know, just you and me in our intro. And, again, very grateful that my like stuttering over words is also just <laughs> happening in our intro because our episode is different and we were very lucky that we were articulate and technologically sound for our episode today. <laughs> God. Yeah, so we're, we're good to go, but we just felt it needed to be said like sometimes we're going to be on time, sometimes we're late because the technology gods hate us and that's that's we're we're aware just yeah. shit putting that out to the universe we get it thank you you could stop at any moment season three episode three by now we are fucking aware <laughs> <laughs> please stop <laughs> we have faced all the issues you could possibly think of and you know you know lauren you and i listen to a lot of podcasts i've really never heard anyone go through the issues that we go through with technology uh, it's it's baffling. It, you know what? Anyways. It's not us though. That's the thing. I don't know what we need to do. Like, do we need to sacrifice a baby lamb or something to like sacrifice <laughs> to the gods to please bless us with technology um, immunity or something? I don't know, but yeah, yeah, yeah. No, something's got to give eventually. Maybe in season four we will <laughs> we'll be good to go. But <laughs> pray uh, for us. I mean, at this point, 
it's crazy that we like we i thought we already had all the issues possible but no pray for us yeah pray for us please pray for us send us send us a positive vibe (laughs) um but yeah couple things that we wanted to chat about quick before we get into the show is obviously Brittany. she is on the path the road to recovery the road to freedom in her latest Instagram post, yes, I mean, this is, I'm being optimistic, but her latest Instagram post, she looked really good, I have to say, like, the hair and the makeup, like, very different, like, she really resembled, like, old Britney, like, young, young Britney, um, so I don't know if she finally was able to get a hairdresser or something. Maybe she's, I know, and I hate to say it, because, like, go Britney, do you, I'm sure you've just had so much fucking you know shit and criticism and eyeballs and everything so it's like I don't want to contribute to that but we all could see her hair was a little nuts in her makeup but anyways um maybe <laughs> she was just finally like influenced by seeing herself in all these documentaries and I don't know what it is but she is looking like herself again which is fantastic and we could not be happier with the the news that her dad is kicked out of there I hope this girl gets all of the, you know, freedom she deserves and the people that have fucked her can go fuck themselves right into jail. I hate them. Tell us how you really feel, Jess. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> yeah. No. There's no other way to say it. They fucking yeah, suck. Yeah, we are excited for Brittany and just honestly really do wish her the best because celebrity or not, she is not deserving of that kind of like ugh, living jail the conservatorship that she was in it was absolutely ridiculous so you know she shouted out her fans and her followers and the people that love her in that post too and so you know maybe this is the real deal and it's really her and she's like they said on a path to happiness and freedom go girl go girl free britney um but it's just amazing the power of social media though like really so many people finally gathered and just like jumped on that hashtag and I believe that majority of these people are genuine in like wanting to see her free and like get answers to like what the hell's going on with her. So, I mean, I think that's just so amazing that and obviously social media has so much power and has changed so many things or helped get things um, acknowledged, generate awareness in all different scenarios and aspects yeah. around the world. Yeah. But it's just like amazing that this woman probably kind of like succumbed to the fact that this was her life this was her reality forever yeah and then it just wasn't and it wasn't so much like seemingly her that was fighting for this freedom it was like the rest of the world her fans being like girl this is not right we're here for you well i think that's motivated what is happening yeah that's obviously who motivated her to to fight to stand up to stop like laying down which obviously is understandable when you're in a situation like that i'm sure she felt no fucking hope it was 13 years can i i can't imagine but i i do think that that's amazing that her fans um us we, we everyone stood up for her and you know, fought for her. And what is scary, obviously, is the fact that this happened to a woman under our eyes or like under the world's eyes, right in front of our eyes. And uh, and it still happened because obviously shit like this is happening to everyone, like all the time in the world. So it's scary that it happened to her. Well, the crazy thing is that, yeah, someone of her status, right? Yep. And and the wealth that she has, like, I think we're always under this illusion that wealth kind of just like removes you from regular problems. Well, I think it normally does. In reality... 
normally it probably it does. does. This is a strange situation. Well, you can buy yourself out of a lot of things uh, for sure. I mean, we we all know that about major millionaires, billionaires, like all the scandals and they just pay their way out of it or at least attempt to. Um, but it still, it still feels very like surreal. Like how is this yeah. actually happening? Like this is what you see in movies. This is what movies are made of. This kind of like very fictional type like scenarios but uh, as we know like this does happen to all sorts of people all over the world but like I said like just happen to somebody of her status her fame her notoriety like it's just her celebrity like it's 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 still crazy to me and I do think a movie is going to be made about it oh I'm sure that like maybe she'll maybe she'll play herself or maybe she'll (laughs) at least be the one in charge of and profiting of because I'm not sure how much you know she's gotten out of the other ones it I'm I'm sure she got, you know, her freedom is is a big part of that. I hope and and you know I'm all this attention is just perpetuating her getting freer and freer. So that's great. But it, are you she making money of these things? I really hope that people aren't continuing to profit off her, you know, misfortune um, as they have for so fucking long. Well, quite frankly, Netflix. Here's your opportunity. Somebody pitch it to Britney or Britney pitch it to Netflix. You've exposed her and exploited her and made millions off like the documentaries that you've put out. Now doing straight to Netflix movie about the real story of Britney Spears. Like, shit, man, I'll even try and write it. (laughs) If someone is not already in process doing this, like, I don't know. It might be a little too soon. Yeah, maybe. Too soon, too soon. (laughs) Like, it's still happening. (laughs) I'm sure she's like, let's... Get free first. <laughs> true, true. Okay. I get ahead of myself sometimes. I get excited. Uh, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, so speaking of Netflix, um, I just started watching Squid Games and uh, it's, a, it's a very interesting show and I know it's like the number one Netflix uh, show right now and like bumped up Netflix's stock. But apparently that guy, the the writer of Squid Games, he got turned down like six or seven times to the point that he was like so broke and he had to sell his like $600 laptop because he needed the money so bad. And now look at him. Wow. I love that. Like rags to riches story, story kind of. Yeah. Rags to riches. That's story of Good determination and triumph. Yeah. What's crazy is that, I mean, I haven't seen it yet, but I've seen the trailer and I just, like, it's crazy that everyone is so obsessed with it. But I mean, I guess if it, it got a random man rich, I, that's good. <laughs> I feel like there's more to it than a random man getting rich. But I mean, kudos to this person for not giving up and like finally yeah. Netflix, <laughs> Netflix, the probably the biggest streaming service at this point, picking it up and it not only picking it up but making it to number one completely changing your life so yeah I'll I'll, like I'll give my two cents and you will too once you actually watch it and we finish it because it's it's definitely interesting motivated I guess I should because everyone's fucking talking about it but to me I'm like it looks I don't know it's not my alley I'm I will watch it but I can't tell you when. Maybe I'll pull a you and watch it in two years. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Way after the fact. Yes. And then it'll be like, hot take, watch Squid Games. What do y'all think? Yeah. I would be like, what? He, Remember this, guys, in season five, episode three. <laughs> like, I'll be rambling on about Squid Games. <laughs> Is that what it's called? Squid Games? Yeah. Squid Game? Yeah. Squid Games. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Squid Game. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. 
<laughs> but there, those are the things that we just wanted to touch on. We had to talk about Brittany. Um, hope everybody has recovered from the half day of like Instagram, Facebook, and WhatsApp shutdown. I'm sure many people like borderline lost their minds. Mark Zuckerberg like, lost uh, nine Mark billion. <laughs> He lost $9 billion I'm in sure that half day. I'm sure he lost his mind the most. Yeah, I'm sure he did. Yeah. <laughs> poor thing. Poor thing. You know. Oh, yes. That's that's devastating to him, I'm sure. I, yeah. I don't know how he'll Do live with he'd his notice? Do you think he'd billion. Um, yeah, yeah, I definitely think he notices. But, like, really, you can't spend that ever in your life. So you'll, you're you going to be fine. So, so then how would he notice? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe he should just share his wealth with the rest of us that would be nice yeah. i love it if you're li- if you're listening mark <laughs> it escalates to that <laughs> so also toss, share <laughs> toss us a few yeah you lost nine billion but also cough yeah. up another billion but it's so silly spread it amongst the poor we've said this before on the pod he would never fucking notice i don't think he would notice that amount he'll never spend it anywhere close to his money in his lifetime or his kids or his kids kids and so on and so forth. They'll just never get through all that money. If you just toss that $9 billion to the world, you know how far that could spread? Jesus. I feel like it could save a lot of things. Like, it would help. It would, like, save the like, coral reef. Possibly, like, and fucking... world hunger, yeah. and save the coral reef. <laughs> we could make some huge dents in our issues here. I think it's a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we'll do an episode on, like, what the rich should do with their money, because we have the answers to that. Might be a little depressing to think, though, because that's never going to happen. <laughs> well, one thing that isn't depressing is this episode and <laughs> what we're going to get into. Nice and was that not like the best segue? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but no, seriously, we we are doing something different. And that is because Jess and I were invited to be panelists at the YEG Podfest Uh on last Saturday and we spoke about women on the mics and women in podcasting and we were joined by another amazing Canadian podcaster Shazia Narali of the Color Gap podcast and it was hosted by Stacy Bratzel who is a broadcaster in Edmonton um she's done CBC um Rogers Place for Edmonton. So she is an incredible host and she had some really amazing questions and it was just a really cool experience and I had a blast. I I think you did also, yeah, but was... I'll let you speak for yourself. <laughs> no, I, I, I didn't. No, I'm just kidding. Of course I did. It was amazing. <laughs> we were like honored to be, um, you know, asked, like really validated that our opinion does matter and we don't just record this for ourselves every week. So <laughs> it was quite nice. And obviously, you know, speaking with other amazing women, uh, other amazing Canadian women, um, it was it was quite the treat. So I, I mean, we'll be happy to be invited to any panel. Yeah. And hopefully anyone's... we'll be invited back next year. Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll see. I guess that will be the real determining factor if, if people care about us, if we're invited back. Yeah. <laughs> but we we did have a great conversation and it was um, a, a virtual event. This was the second year that they did it. And we wanted our listeners to hear what we had to say and what the panel had to say. And um, basically, this is it. Yeah. So enjoy, guys. Enjoy. 
evening, everyone. Thank you for joining us for this event at YEG Podfest. My name is Fonda. I am the festival producer. Um, I'll start by acknowledging that we are broadcasting from Treaty 6 territory in Amiskwichi, Wiskegon, which is colonially known as Edmonton. And we're grateful to present from this historical meeting and gathering space, and we extend our hands in respect and friendship to the treaty signatories and to all Indigenous peoples who call this place home. Yeg Podfest is a co-production of the Alberta Podcast Network and LitFest, Canada's nonfiction festival, and we are presented by the Edmonton Community Foundation. And we are really thrilled to have this conversation uh, featuring women on the mics, uh, which is all about the female side of podcasting. We have a great panel to speak to that subject today. So your host for the chat today is Stacey Brotzel. Stacy is a longtime broadcaster, hater of coffee and Spanx, and a lover of wine and chocolate. She is the co-host of the podcast Searching for Izena, Unwomanly Stories of Female Leadership at Edmonton City Hall. And currently you can hear her on CBC Edmonton's Radioactive on weekday afternoons. So you're in good hands here. I will leave you with Stacy for now to introduce the rest of the panel. Um, and thank you again for joining us, everyone. Have a great conversation. Thanks, Fonda. Yes, I'm Stacey Brotzel, and I'm super excited to be here tonight because um, we have some wonderful women on the mic that we're going to be talking to uh, for YEG podcast. Joining me this evening is Shazia Norali from the Color Gap podcast. She's from Calgary. The podcast offers conversations about women of color and specifically talks about career strategies tailored to women of color. She also gets personal, real, and raw, and she made me cry on the way to work the other day uh, listening to her episode about her dad. And Lauren McMullen and Jessica Lindlop from the perspective podcast they promise and they deliver real girl talk from their episodes they offer unfiltered thoughts and opinions on all things women related thanks for joining us everyone thank you for having Great us. to be here all right thank let's you. talk about um how you got here how you started your podcasting journey uh lauren do you want to go first do you want to lead us off Sure. Well, my podcasting journey starts with Jess, um, as we are the co-hosts together of Perspective, like you mentioned. And it's, you know, I wish we had some really great, like, story, but it started one- We kind of one, do. We kind of do. You're right. It kind of, it started in a hot tub um, yeah. one evening. <laughs> we were away at, at a cottage and we were chatting away in the hot tub and we realized we had a lot of questions about a lot, a lot of things that we knew little or nothing about, or we had opinions on that we didn't even know where our opinions came from. And we realized that we want to talk to the people that actually know about these things. And um, that's kind of where it got started. So do you just were in a hot tub saying we need to do this? Did you even <laughs> did you have uh, any experience in the podcasting uh, field? Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. John, it was beyond just the hot tub, though. We were in there for about eight hours. So we really yeah. formed these uh, <laughs> this idea of a podcast. And then we uh, decided when we went to L.A. So this, this is why it was kind of cool, because it started for you know, an eight to 10 hour session in a hot tub, which is insane. And then when we went to LA, we decided, you know what, we're going to go ahead with this. We took over a, a tour. <laughs> we took Warner over Brothers, tour, the Warner Brothers tour. And we decided to lead that show. And we're like, actually, we think we have something here. So we ran with that. <laughs> yes. 
And so you knew you have you had chemistry. Are you lifelong friends or? Yeah, that story is is very interesting. Yeah. We are lifelong friends. Our fathers actually, I guess not lifelong, but a good portion of their lives, they were in a '80s band um, back in in the '80s, <laughs> and uh, they, you know, they had their 15 minutes of fame. The band was called New Regime. I, can't not say the name. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, they're both musicians. They have that, um, you know, the stage presence, the charisma, um, the talent, the media experience. And um, they're both absolutely incredible musicians. And uh, so, you know, I think it's a little bit in our blood. We're both big yeah. talkers, but yeah, we, we really had um, no experience, but we did have uh, our friendship of I don't know, just like many years. We were, yeah, since we were born, that <laughs> no, we didn't even know yet. We didn't yeah, know we connected later, even though when we did connect, and we're like, "What the hell, our dads?" Like we kind of knew of each other, but then it was just so crazy the story um, of our dads being together, being creative, and having that together, and then we taking that on in our generation. Obviously, we're not musically inclined like them, so it's a different <laughs> form. But we're still on the mics, so it's kind of cool. Very cool. Uh, so, Shazia, tell us uh, your story. Uh, did it start in a sauna? <laughs> <laughs> it did not. It's not anywhere near as juicy or interesting as that, but it essentially started at work for me. I um, got into my first leadership position a number of years ago in HR, and it was actually at that point when I looked around and realized I actually had no one in my career path. Uh, that really looked anything like me. And I work um, in HR and we're supposed to be the kind of key holders to diversity and inclusion and all of these things. And yet we don't often represent, like, you know, we don't walk the walk often. And so it started um, from a conversation with a friend of mine as well, a really good friend uh, that I worked with. And we're both racialized women navigating corporate environments. And the original intention of the podcast was really about shedding light on those lived experiences of, of, of racialized women because we're just in environments that are not often built for us. And how do you navigate through those places? How do you find a voice? How do you do all of these things when you don't necessarily have role models and people that can really help guide the way? And about six months ago, I took the podcast solo and really redirected it to focus around what I call unconventional career strategy for uh, women of color. And I call it unconventional because it infuses a lot of different parts of my own journey, um, mistakes that I've made in the process that I've had getting into leadership and moving through my career, but also experiences of like losing my dad, of um, having the experience of being in environments where you're having to advocate, being an introvert, um, things like spirituality, a whole number of topics that you wouldn't typically find in a how to build a resume kind of a conversation. So. Yeah, so not not as juicy, but certainly also um, rooted with with some friendship as well and some some shared experiences. So, and you probably just touched on this, uh, Shazia, but how important is it that uh, women are represented and represented well when we're talking about uh, podcasters? I think it's so important, and and one of the things I love about podcasting is that it's really your baby and it's your space to have whatever type of platform you want to create, whatever kind of stories you want to really be able to put out there. No one is editing them. No one is censoring you or telling you that you can't talk about certain things. Um, often when you're in environments in, in the corporate world, you're having to kind of 
align yourself to the ways in which the organization operates. And you can't necessarily have sort of that unfiltered and uncensored perspective. And with podcasting, it just allows women to be able to express the things that are going on, build community and find a different medium to do that that doesn't necessarily always um, get accessible in other capacities. And so I think it's incredibly important to wherever we can tell our stories and share lived experiences and create audiences of people that wouldn't necessarily access it any other way. Uh, I think it's it's an incredibly empowering platform and really, really important. Jessica, do you think that this is a, a, a still a male dominated space or, or, you know, do you have a percentage on uh, the podcasts that you're familiar with and, and is it, is it male dominated right now or are you seeing more and more women develop their own podcasts? So for us, Lauren and I specifically, we have only female guests. So we are in a very female orientated world um, and, and we're happy <laughs> there. But I will say, you know, personally, a lot of the the podcasts I listen to are male, you know, led and run. And so I think that that is just part of reality for for our society. Uh, It is a lot uh, of male energy going on there. And we're just trying to keep it. uh, I mean, we're pro-female, we're pro-male too, but we love having our opinions out there and doing our part and trying to even up the, the field out there, I guess. Lauren, what barriers are there? to women starting their own podcast? Uh, I, you know, I think that maybe there's sort of a stigma around what topics women would talk about. Um, there's, and I, and I'm, this is just like my own thoughts is that maybe men don't want to listen to women talk, um, because of those kinds of stigmas. Mm -hmm. So, are, are, I wouldn't say there's a barrier for women having podcasts or getting into this medium because I mean, really anyone can do it um, if you have the interest and the, you know, passion, but I think it's more of what audience can you get as a female podcaster? And there's, I mean, there's tons and tons and tons of podcasts out there. And um, when I have spoken to, you know, men in my peer group, um, even my husband and asking them like, what kind of podcast do you listen to? Do you listen to any female podcasts? And, and the ones they list, um, and I will never shade, uh, you know, a fellow podcaster, but the ones they listen to are, are more like kind of that raunchy, a little bit, um, you know, sex focused or women just being really, uh, kind of giving that shock value. Uh, so that's where I kind of feel like there could be a barrier to the kind of audience you can attract as a female podcaster. I think women will always support other women, which is fantastic. And that's the goal of our show and amplifying these, you know, incredible female voices. Uh, but, having men listen to us when really for some of our episodes, they should, because we offer very valuable information or at least our guests do. Uh, but I do think that is like probably the biggest barrier, um, as a female podcaster is getting that male audience to respect and, uh, take a listen. So who listens to podcasts the most, I I guess, do you guys have most, obviously mostly women listening to you, uh, Shazia? Yeah, definitely. I think primarily because obviously my my direct audience is is women and women of color. Although I do get the occasional like ally, the males in my life and people that are in my circles of influence that um, listen in from a perspective of seeking to understand. I think there's a big 
movement lately, especially around just becoming better allies overall. Um, but those are far, few and far between, and primarily where I'm seeing the most traction and the most um, energy comes from other women, primarily. What about overall? Do you think uh, more men listen to podcasts than women do overall? I would, I would guess uh, that more women listen to podcasts because um, women are, again, my opinion, I think are more open to seeking help, like self-help uh, like books or audios. Um, and there's so many podcasts that offer that, um, the attention span for women might be a little bit better where they can sit and actually listen and absorb information. Um, you know, for a lot of moms, if, if for our mom listeners, we're busy, we're always on the go. You can just kind of plug in and, and listen away and you can still have your hands free and you can still do all the things. So, um, yeah, like I, I would think it's a female dominated audience group, uh, for podcasts, but a male dominated, uh, channel. Mm. And I know for me, um, uh, I think I'm the techie one in our relationship. My husband, uh, I don't even know if he knows how to uh, download a podcast. You may hear me, so I should really uh, be quiet. But, um, I, I, you know, um, recently or the last year or so, I uh, lost uh, my job. And I thought, you know, I'm going to start a podcast. And I think the technology kind of scared me a little bit. Like I'm a longtime broadcaster and I'm like, I don't even know how to start um, with a podcast. I have to get a mic. I have to get computer stuff. Uh, and maybe it's, maybe it's my age uh, too, but, but the technology scared me. Like, where do I even start? Is that, is that something that uh, Jessica, I know that you want to weigh in because you unmuted your mic. Is that, something that, that, uh, <laughs> that sort of when you were in the hot tub going, but how do we do that? And, and I, don't, no. I certainly don't want to stereotype all women because there's some techie women out there. But for me, that that's what scared me. We, we had no, even the slightest clue, even in the hot tub, we had pipe dreams at that point until we started to record. Did we realize, Oh, what the heck is going on here? We had no idea. Um, and then going on to edit was an even bigger joke at that point, but I will say, luckily we had our dad. So two men, uh, <laughs> to help us and, and help us. They did because obviously they're very familiar with the, the technology and the software and, you know, microphones and everything, but li literally Lauren and I had not the slightest inkling of how to do it. And when we were first presented with the, uh, editing and recording, it was very difficult. So, but I will say. I don't want that to be any sort of hindrance for people wanting to start because you do pick it up and you do pick it up quickly. If we can do it, as I mentioned before this, uh, before we started to record, we have a curse with technology. So if we can do it to get through it. Anyone can that wants to share their voice. So I, I'm not trying to <laughs> scare you away. Jazia, do you want to weigh in here? Uh, what does that look for you, look like for you? Yeah, I mean, I will just second everything that Jessica just said. It was literally like in my living room with my iPhone, just trying to like figure out how to record something. And I pride myself on being a really resourceful human. So I did figure it out. Um, a couple YouTube videos, uh, a few folks in my network that I could lean on to ask a couple questions. And I mean, it's still a work in progress. Like every season that I do, I'm always looking for ways to enhance the, the medium and the quality 
and obviously the message that I'm providing as well. But a lot of the focus that I have is really on the content. And I'm, I'm helping people kind of come along on the ride and they give me a little bit of grace if the, the technicalities of it aren't um, that sophisticated. Uh, and that seems to have worked pretty well because uh, for me, it is about making sure obviously the audio is really clear and crisp and all of those pieces. But at the end of the day, I just really want to be able to put out really strong quality and thoughtful content and hoping that the technology and the quality of that side of things gets better as I keep going. But it's always a learning process and continual growth in that area. Let's uh, not run away from the elephant in the room, COVID. How has COVID changed your podcast? Um, do you look for lighter things because you feel people need that? Or do you keep going uh, on your regular path? Are more people listening because of COVID? Um, uh, Lauren, let's start with you. How has COVID changed your podcast and your podcasting methods? Well, first off, uh, just really quick with the technology because it's relevant to the COVID uh, question, but I mean, there's so much technology and software out there now that people can use for free. So like, I just want to echo Jess, don't be discouraged by that because there is a lot you can do and it's really helpful and, and pretty user-friendly. Um, but because of COVID, Jess and I always recorded together in the same place and say, well, we actually were in um, her dad's studio uh, for the first season. And then when COVID hit, um, you know, because of all the unknowns and it was just such a crazy time, we were no longer recording together. And so we had to figure out what podcasting looked like completely remote on top of our guests being remote as well, because we we did record remotely with guests, whereas Jess and I would be together and our guests sometimes was remote, but we did have them come into the studio too. So it was a bit of a learning curve to figure out, you know, we need three separate tracks because the editing side of it was the challenge there. Um, so that was a learning curve for us. But in terms of our conversations, our topics, COVID found its way into every single episode for the most part and still is in some capacity. But we still went uh, forward with the kind of conversations we had to have or we wanted to have and the guests that we wanted to have on um, that definitely didn't hinder that at all. And uh, we're really happy that we just, you know, kind of was like, yep, COVID's a thing. We know onward and upward. <laughs> <laughs> but you didn't focus on it right Jessica or did you what like Lauren said a lot of the topics were dating and COVID you know like a lot of things that related to COVID we had even you know doctors on so staying having gut health and COVID so a lot of our episodes especially in the first you know year of COVID um, we're really relating to it. It was something that none of us had ever been through. Uh, and then all of the normal things that life carries on with like dating, for example, is now shadowed by something like COVID, a pandemic. So it certainly did find its way into a lot of our episodes. And like Lauren says, still kind of is, but we are trying, we try to lighten it up with, you know, episodes here and there. I mean, I, I would probably say every single one of our episodes has mention of COVID, um, whether or not they're, the topic is overall about that, but there is certainly no escaping it. And, uh, and we do try to keep it light, but we're certainly not one to shy away from the tough parts. It's, it has been hard and, uh, we want to acknowledge that and we want to be relatable for our listeners. So it unfortunately is there. 
And it's tough. I know that uh, when we were uh, doing our series, uh, searching for Izena, all of our guests were remote and they were over Zoom. And uh, being a longtime broadcaster, I love um, hanging out with people before and getting their vibes and seeing their body language and and you know checking out their eyes and and having engaged conversation and you can't zoom as much as I love the technology uh, zoom inhibits some of that as well um Shazia, how did you navigate covid in terms of your podcast did you did you have to make any adjustments you know, I, I always go back to this term that was coined by Adam Grant. He's an organizational psychologist, and he called this term languishing, and that really resonated with me. Um, the feeling of COVID kind of, in some ways, zapped a lot of my inspiration. It had to really kind of push myself to find new ways of getting inspired by the mundane day in and day out of kind of being in lockdown and can only go on so many walks a day to kind of, you know, clear your head and find opportunities to, to seek that inspiration. And, um, you know, the longer that we're in this, the easier it becomes from a, you know, habitual perspective and the things that you're setting up um, for myself, at least to be able to try to find those moments. And I found it's been great in the sense that it, it's uh, forced me to kind of expand beyond my own individual circles of influence that I have and um, getting guests virtually has been amazing to be able to find folks in like Toronto and different parts of the country that I wouldn't necessarily have accessed or gone out of my way to reach out to and it's easier to schedule them it's easier to kind of work around people's um, you know time zones and times of days and things like that and my first episode of this latest season was about being a COVID hire I, you know, switched jobs in May of 2020, and the whole process was a lot more difficult than I ever would have expected it to be. And it, it has, after some time and reflection, provided an opportunity to really share uh, what that experience was like, kind of being a new hire in this environment where you're, you know, building relationships where people sometimes don't want to come on camera and you're trying to find some connection with people. You're not having those organic conversations, water cooler discussions. And then the process of actually getting promoted in the middle of that while never really meeting most people. So it's been an interesting journey. So it's at the beginning was really difficult to find inspiration. And now it's like, okay, this feels like a little bit more like we've got some sort of a structure around what we're doing in our day to day, how to manage through things. And it definitely also still comes up as well for me in a lot of the, the episodes that I do. Let's talk about social media a little bit. How do you integrate social media into your podcasts? And uh, has that been a good experience? Have you seen um, uh, a lot of uptake on, on your social medias when it's linked to, to your podcast? And have you also seen some harassment because it's easy to get to you through social media? Um, certainly, you know, uh, we did uh, one episode on our uh, podcast about the harassment and the abuse uh, that female politicians uh, get, that male politicians don't get, because um, I'm married to a former politician. So um, let's talk about social media, how you use it, how you use it to, to gain uh, listeners. And then let's talk about maybe the dirty side of, of um, social media. Jess, do you want to start us off? Yeah. So social media is not my thing. <laughs> I, I'm going to say that right off the top. Lauren does our social media. I do our editing. 
and we keep it separate because I am not a socially social media inclined type of person to me. Uh, it's a lot. It's I'm intimidated by it. There's a lot going on there. So Lauren certainly would be the one to speak to when, when it comes to the maintenance and, and like knowing what to do <laughs> because it's very difficult. Um, I will say though, I know that, you know, for certain episodes that we ran COVID of course related, there, we have gotten backlash. Most of the time, we get so much support. We get so much love um, from our listeners, from our, our followers and everything like that. Um, but we we did get backlash when it came to, you know, a controversial topic. And, and that came through social media because I guess we're, you know, easy to reach that way uh, and easy to, to spread their opinions on that. But, um, I, and we do work, I, we, Lauren works really hard, um, using social media to promote our podcast. And for that, we are grateful for that. It obviously is a good way to connect. Um, but I think Lauren would be the one to talk to you about our social media specifically. Sure. I can jump in there. Yeah. I mean, I do love social media. I love Instagram. Um, you know, I'm not as active or are, I don't put us on as actively as some other podcasts uh, are. But, you know, we always promote our guests every week that we have them and, you know, share clips, um, you know, send our comments, anything that's relatable. I utilize uh, stories a lot for that. Uh, so it is it, for me, it's important for us to have our social account because it's a way for people to kind of get more insight into Jess and I We're relatable. We're real people. You know, we share, we share our lives a lot on the show. And, um, so we kind of emulate that on social, uh, but we've been really, really lucky in terms of any kind of negative response from our followers and our listeners. Like Jess said, we're, we get so much support. Usually everybody is nothing but positive and uplifting, but it's just one of those things when if you're going to have people that don't agree with everything you say, of course, just like in regular life. And so when we've had some episodes that could be considered controversial, um, because of the opinions of ourselves or our guests, we did receive people with opposing views and opinions and beliefs to that. And they weren't shy about sharing that, which we welcome, you know, we don't have any space for hate or like just out and out, outright like nastiness. That's not going to last on our social. We'll block you like, you know, happy to have the conversation, but I think we should all be respectful and mature uh, people. And especially women to women, like, you know, this is not, there's no need for that. If you have a, an opinion, share it and we'll talk it, about it. And if it's something that we need to be educated on, we're really open to that. We talk a lot about that on our show and our social. Like that's part of why we started the show too, is like, we want to learn. We don't know lots of things. <laughs> so help us learn. Um, but for the most part, social has just been nothing but a positive channel and just uh, added like avenue for people to connect with us and learn more about us and the show. And to find guests. Yeah. So uh, you talk about this one episode uh, that was quite controversial. How did you handle the backlash? How to and what were uh, was it all sort of really useless negativity, or was there something that you you could learn from? Yeah, definitely. It I wouldn't say it was useless negativity. It was just difference of opinions. Mm -hmm. Um, just to give some context, we had a guest on that is an anti-masker, anti-vaxxer. So this was one of the episodes that was very COVID focused, obviously. And right at sort of like a pinnacle time where all of that was kind of starting to happen and everybody, I think most people just weren't sure where they stood yet. 
And, um, but this individual, uh, she was very firm on her position and, um, you know, someone who's done a lot of research herself and is in, um, a holistic and nutritional, uh, like that's her background, that's her business, um, health and wellness. So, you know, I'm not going to say like, she's not a doctor, she's not a scientist, but you know, some of her information is very much relevant. And we just wanted to have the conversation with somebody who was on that side of the fence. And whether we agreed or not, that's not the point. I think it's fair that everybody gets an opportunity to speak and like share their opinions and their beliefs. And um, that that was strictly what the episode was about, just to get an alternate perspective from a lot of the perspectives that we were hearing. And so this individual has her own share of um, trolls and haters from her social media. And some of those people came over to ours and were just like, how would you, how could you have this person on the show? You know, they're, they're spewing like inaccurate information. Like you should be ashamed. I used to love your show and now I can't listen. So it was like, some of it was like, okay, relax. But the way I handled it, I was like, you know, I'm sorry you feel that way. I thank you for sharing um, your thoughts and your opinions with us. Um, you know, we, like I had already said, we are a platform that allows people to come on and uh, share their opinions and beliefs. And it doesn't mean we agree and it doesn't mean you have to agree, but we're, our show is called her perspective. So we're providing other perspectives and, um, from, from a female and she was just another female guest that had a perspective that we wanted to hear and share. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Shazia, tell me about your experience with social media and, and and do you think it's needed? If you if you if you're going to launch a podcast, do you also need to launch social media accounts to supplement it and and to to lift that up? Yeah, I mean 100%. I think it's um you know, it is also not my forte and so I I've, I've kind of st- I've been on the struggle bus the whole time trying to make it work and um, working with a professional for a little bit of time as well, just to kind of get some sort of a cadence about the approach. And uh, it's it's definitely an opportunity to get your your story and the perspective out there in a different kind of a way and reach people that you wouldn't necessarily be able to reach. And uh, similar to, to the other ladies, like there's been such a really positive uh, feedback and, and there's a loop there, right? You can engage with community I find a lot of women that reach out to me, it is all about the fact that they feel seen and heard for the first time, that they haven't had those kinds of perspectives or stories really shared. They almost felt like they were alone navigating through their own experiences. And I'll be honest, in some way, there's been some backlash from it from a personal perspective. When I was looking for um, a new opportunity pre-pandemic, I I got feedback from um, job interviews that I did where it was like, you know, I talk about things that are a little bit uncomfortable about white privilege and white supremacy and things that make people kind of uncomfortable with the idea of, you know, having someone that can come into their um, their team or their organization and who has this kind of perspective on the world. And I was told, like, I don't know that you're going to necessarily mesh with leadership here or the management team and that you might just be a little bit too controversial or too much of that person that's putting things out there in the world. and for me, it is about staying grounded in my truth and the values that I have and what it is that I'm trying to do in terms of the intention and the purpose of the work. And it's not about making everybody happy. And that is part of the the dialogue. You're going to always find, you know, those, those inflection points where you're going to have to make a decision around how much more you're going to stay grounded in your purpose, um, whether people like it or not. And so whether that's through 
social media platforms or it's through other you know avenues that you're going to not necessarily get the most positive response um, it is what it is and you just have to keep staying really grounded in in your intention of, of what you're doing right so all right, there's a couple of uh, uh, paths we can go on uh, listening uh, to you ladies. Uh, let's talk about uh, something that you just mentioned, Shazia, um, about how um, you open yourself up. Uh, I mentioned that you made me cry when you were talking about your dad. It was beautiful. Um, you just put it all out there. Um, and uh, when you did your podcast on on your name, it was raw and it sort of slapped me in the face a little bit and it, it sort of changed the way I do things and interact with other people. Um, how important is it to you? And I think obviously it is because you just mentioned that it, 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 um, it has maybe prevented you from uh, pursuing some uh, career opportunities. Um, but obviously you've said that this is, this is what I'm going to stick with and this is what I'm going to do and I'm going to be emotional and I'm going to be raw and th that's what it's going to be. So is that hard sometimes? Is, is that, should I be, should I say that on this? Should I, should I not? Is, is that sort of a constant struggle? Should I share that? That seems a little personal, but that's what this is all about, isn't it? Or, or are there some things that you don't talk about? Are there any things that are off? Is there anything that is off limits? Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's, it's incredibly difficult because it is so personal, but a lot of my sort of like healing comes from reflection and being able to like what I typically do when I do my solo episodes without I was actually just write them out and the writing process the one I did about losing my dad was um, I did it on Father's Day and it was just this this opportunity to really think about the impact that he had and all the things that he's really taught me about purpose because I've spent a lot of time in my life being a child of immigrants trying to prove that my parents sacrifice was you know really worth it by getting um, you know advanced education and progressing in my career and looking back at his life it was always like nobody actually cared what he did for a living they really cared about his heart and his purpose and his service mindset and so I just was like I need to be able to talk about these things because maybe someone will hear it and it will shift their perspective and so much of what I do is for that little girl that I once was, that never saw myself represented, that never had that kind of perspective and that voice. And I think about all of the, the girls of color that are growing up that uh, don't necessarily get to see themselves in role models or in beauty standards or any of the things that we strive for in terms of just seeing representation. And I think the only way that I can do things is authentically and you know what's off limits for me is probably just the actual day-to-day -day of some of the stuff that I deal with at work because there's a reputation element there's a connection back to my organization someone can very easily google me and they can find out where I work and that is a bit of a risk that I take and I always have to walk that line of not talking about things that are you know necessarily happening in present day in my experiences um, but the work that I do if it's not uncomfortable I don't think that I'm really doing it right or making a difference. And so I have to kind of dig in sometimes to go to go there and vulnerability for me. I don't know. Sometimes it comes naturally because I always feel like whatever, who's going to care? It might be like 100 people that will listen to this and maybe it's OK and I'll just take the chance and I just kind of separate it. And I I just put it out in the world and hope for the best. And so far, it, it's worked well for me in that regard. And it just feels like it's it's authentic to who I am and that 
is something that I makes me proud. So I, I'll keep doing it, but walking a bit of that line. No, I get it. I get it. Jessica, what line do you walk? Are there things that uh, you won't share, whether it's family <laughs> things, whether it's um, you know, topics that you're just like, mm, I'm not touching that? Uh, not many. <laughs> I, I, in fact, am, I'm an oversharer, so I, I wish I could censor myself a little bit better sometimes maybe, but uh, I, I consciously approach things with the understanding that anyone can listen to this. Um, I don't, sometimes I don't tell my certain people about my podcast, AKA my boss, he's a man. Uh, I don't think he'd understand a lot of things we talk about. We talk a lot about sex. We talk a lot about things that my male boss doesn't need to know. Um, if he, I, although I'm aware that he might find it, um, I just, I don't offer that information, but when it comes to speaking to our guests specifically, we're in the moment, you know, we unfortunately, you know, now it's mostly zoom, but we're looking face to face. We're having a conversation. It is a real moment and it's, I, I couldn't censor myself in that in that moment if I wanted to. Um, and I think that that is what makes us so relatable because we don't censor. And half the things I say, like everyone else understands and experiences it as well. So it's nothing crazy, I don't think. Um, and, and maybe for the things that are crazy, somebody will relate and, and appreciate that uh, perspective. But when it comes to, you know, wondering what we should share or not. I, I, the only thing I try to be conscious about is if, uh, you know, if my, I know my friends are listening and I'm telling a secret or things like that, we try to, you know, censor names or anything, um, when it comes to that, but no, we, we don't like to be censored on our show. Lauren, uh, you know, you had the, uh, anti-vaxxer on and you, you did get some uh, pushback uh, from some people. It sounds like, uh, did that sort of scare you off a little bit thinking, well, maybe we, maybe we won't tackle that kind of controversial topic again. Um, or you're just like, mm, let's bring it. Is, is there something, is there, did that um, make you think, well, maybe we need to be a little bit, maybe more balanced, or maybe we shouldn't uh, ask these guests to come on. How did that experience sort of change uh, how you pick topics moving forward? To be honest, it didn't change how we pick topics. And, you know, initially when I saw some of the comments starting to come in after that episode aired, it, it was a little like, oh, uh oh, how how bad is this going to get? And, you know, how defense mode do I have to get into and how do I want to defend us and the show and our guest? And so, yeah, like the first couple comments kind of, you know, made me a little just like nervous because I really, the show is so important to Jess and I, and we love it. Um, but at the same time, it was sort of like, no, we stand behind our show and we stand behind our guests and we make it very clear in our episodes. You know, if we are talking about anything controversial, that this is just for conversation, this is a perspective and, um, we respect our guests perspectives and we kind of ask that if you're a listener that you just respect it too and no you don't have to agree and um but that's that was my approach is that I just said you know I stand behind uh the guests we have on the show I stand behind the conversations that we have and um we respect anybody who wants to share their opinions on what we're talking about um so it, it, at first it was like a little bit like 
are people going to really stop listening to the show and dropping off and thinking, you know, we, we have a certain set of beliefs and values as it pertains to COVID specifically. Um, but really social media, everything happens so fast too. As, as fresh as that was, it was over the next day kind of thing, right? Like it was, people have moved on, they've found something else or they've, you know, they got it out of their system. Um, so we didn't, it didn't change anything really for us. Um, we in fact, try and talk about really, um, not really controversial things, but we try and talk about things that are uncomfortable that, you know, we think a lot of people think about, but are too afraid to ask questions about, or too afraid to have discussions with, especially in relationships, in friendships. Um, so we want to have those conversations and we want to have them for our listeners, because if you, you know, are thinking in your head, like, oh, I might, you know, this, maybe I'm weird or there's something wrong with me, or this isn't normal. And we're talking about it. It is just, maybe people aren't having that conversation openly. Um, so we will, and that's why we get vulnerable on the show too, because we want to be relatable and we think that's really important for our listeners. So for me as well, there's not a lot that's off the table. Um, I am cognizant of some of the things I say because of my employment too, which in fact, the show did affect me also getting a position. Um, I was literally on the way to the interview and then I got an email saying that they had to cancel. And when I inquired, um, it, they mentioned my social. So it could really could have only been the podcast because there wasn't anything. And, and I was okay with it. It was actually just like, the silver, like a silver lining because I didn't really want that job. I had another interview. And so it was like, nope, that was all meant to be the universe knew that's fine. And then I was like, you know what, if a position doesn't want me or a company doesn't want me because I'm outspoken, I'm opinionated, I'm relatable and vulnerable, then I probably don't want to work there anyway. Are any of you moms? I'm a mom. Okay. Two boys. Yeah. Okay. I I have a kid too. And I, I do a radio program in the afternoon. And sometimes I mention her, like her, our struggle trying to, uh, to navigate the Instagram world and she wants an account. And I said, no. And, and then I did an interview with someone and I brought her up and I just thought, oh, does the world need to know our, our family struggles? Uh, what about when it comes to your kids? Well, is there anything off limits and is there something you think oh my goodness my my boys are going to listen to this in five years and maybe I shouldn't have said that or what are what are they going to think uh, how do you how do you how do you put that into uh, how you broadcast I, I don't um I, I I really don't think I've said anything about them that in later in life they'd hear and be like what the hell mom like why would you say that but I talk about the kids. I talk about being a mom because that's part of it. Like I'm very real. Like I have my struggles as a mom. I have a 10 year old son and he's really starting to be interested in TikTok. And I'm like, I don't know how I feel about this, but at the same time, here I am on social media talking about pretty much everything. <laughs> um, but you know, I, I just believe that he's young. It's not necessary. Um, so it's more of just, you know, talking about, how I'm handling things as a mom or what I'm experiencing right now during this eight, the ages of my children and what they're like, how they're challenging me. Uh, but for the most part, it's really positive. And, um, you know, I share like funny stories because kids say the darndest things um, and do the darndest things. So 
I, I just like our show doesn't talk a lot about that. Like that's where I don't talk a lot about, not because I don't want to, or I I'm purposely being like private about that. It just, if it's relevant, I'll mention it. And if it's not, it's not relevant. So I like, I try and keep our family life and private life and anything that's, you know, that would be hurtful to my children, my husband, even my, you know, parents, um, out of the show. But if it's like, there's nothing that's going on that would be relevant anyway. So, but we're, we're pretty, we're pretty open even with that stuff. Awesome. That's great. Um, Shazia, let's, so uh bring it back to you you did mention that um oh well who cares there's only a you know 100 people listening maybe how important are metrics do you go that was such a great podcast i wonder how many people listen to it do you keep um going on that and i worked in i worked in tv for for many years and sometimes you're a slave to the ratings right and what yeah. worked and uh do ratings count and oh they didn't like this segment because the you know the bar went down a little bit um how much stock do you put into metrics and does that somehow uh dictate what you put on your podcast um i think for me because i i sort of see the podcast as a platform that opens up other opportunities for me like for me personally it has been a catalyst for more speaking engagements and consulting opportunities and things that are really outside of you know me building this because I'm like this one person engine trying to do something um, from nothing basically and um, as I look at the numbers from a perspective of really trying to see if something resonated with people and um, just trying to get a feel for whether the message or the perspective that I have is really connecting but a lot of what I do is really from a place of like passion and it's a passion project overall and it's not something I'm you know making a ton of money off of at this point it's just a it's a catalyst for other things and so to me the metrics are probably more of an ego thing to be honest like oh I, I want to know that I'm consistent and I'm getting a certain number um, for each episode and it, it it's a feel-good thing but it doesn't necessarily um, change the way I approach things and and maybe it should but a lot of it for me is it's just another medium for me to build my personal brand and to be able to do more with that um, in the in the arena that I want to be in and what I want to do in terms of the big picture vision I have for my career and my life and it's a it's a platform for me to be able to tell stories and to give back in some capacity and so I should probably be a little more strategic about it, but I'm I'm certainly um, not so 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 tied to the metrics as as others could be. All right, who follows the metrics on uh, perspective? Definitely Lauren. Uh, <laughs> I've never really looked at them media. at all. <laughs> um, do you ever have like kick-ass podcast? You're like, this was awesome, and then you look and you're like, oh well, seven people uh, listen to it, or or I, I'm not quite sure where the numbers are on your podcast, but uh, how important are metrics uh, to what you put on the air and and uh, just your podcast going forward? Similar to Shazia, it is a passion project for us. It always was that, like that's how it started. 
Um, we always thought, you know, if this podcast blows up and really takes off, then great. I mean, we were not going to be disappointed by that, but it was just, it's still just something that we do in our uh, spare time. That's important to us. And like, we take so much from it ourselves. So at the very least, we're like, oh my God, that was like the greatest conversation. We've learned so much about whatever the topic is about ourselves um, how we can relate things that we apply to our own lives because of the guests we have. So when I look at the metrics, like there has definitely been episodes that I was like, oh my God, this is going to kill it. This is going to get like, you know, so many downloads and then didn't. And so I, I sometimes get into that like rabbit hole of like, okay, well, why? And then there'll be a show that we always think our shows are great, but maybe it's with somebody who isn't huge on social media, doesn't have, isn't like, doesn't have a ton of notoriety. Um, the conversation is still fantastic. Uh, but, and then that show will be huge and like be downloaded a ton of times. So you just, you just never know, but I don't put a ton of stock in the metrics because like I said, it's just a passion project for us. We get so much out of it and, you know, we know we have some loyal listeners. They DM us a lot about like things that they've taken away from the show. So even if one person took something away from any of our episodes, like that's enough of a metric for me. I'm just like, yes, yes. <laughs> Yay. Um, so, you know, we, we do hope the show gro- continues to grow. We're just starting our third season right now. And um, we, we, our followers are going up, our downloads are going up. So all positive there. And um, yeah. Hopefully we'll, we'll be, you know, one of the household name podcasts. Is that your goal? I, again, it's sort of that goal of like, if it happens, amazing. If it doesn't, that's okay too. Um, you know, I, I would not be disappointed if, you know, our, our podcast was like globally, for the most part, it is, it's pretty globally downloaded, not like not tons of people all over the world, but we get downloads here and there um, across the globe. But um, yeah, I, I would definitely be happy if that was something that the podcast could turn into something that Jess and I do full time. Awesome. Uh, Jess, why don't we uh, go to you? Um, let's talk about Uh, I know, I don't know who mentioned it, but somebody said that uh, you have to lift other podcasters up. I think it was uh, Lauren. Um, You're certainly not going to diss other uh, podcasters. And and certainly that's not what we want to do. We want to lift them up. What are some female hosted podcasts that you would recommend besides your own? Besides our own. <laughs> um, well, one of the the biggest names that we actually, this podcast was a huge inspiration for us, uh, Girls Gotta Eat. And they are American um, out of New York City. These girls are, you know, they're comedians and, and they really inspired us to, to bear it all as well because they are, you know, obviously we don't know them personally, but they speak pretty candidly from what we can take away. And so they really influenced us to kind of, um, you know, do the same. And, and we've had a, a couple of, um, shared guests. So we like to think of them as like our American counterparts. I don't know if they know us, but <laughs> we like to think they do. Um, so that's probably one of my favorite, um, podcasts ever. And then 
our local uh, favorite, we and a guest that we also had on our show is Dr. Jess. Dr. Jess, she is one of uh, the first podcasts that I ever listened to ever, um, and she's a she's from Toronto, uh, Toronto as well, and so she's one of our favorites. But other than that, I listen to a lot of true crime, and I'm not sure <laughs> it can get a little gloomy for some. So uh, <laughs> I and I one of uh, those ones is. Uh, True Crime and Cocktails. I can't believe I forgot it, but it's with Lauren Ash from Superstore, um, a huge Netflix show. And she's also Canadian. So those are my top three right now, female run podcasts. And if you guys don't know them, you should definitely check them out. And two of those are Canadian. Love it. Uh, yeah, I love Crime Beat. That's out of Calgary. Nancy Hickst does that. Uh, for she is fantastic. I can't believe I forgot her. She, I love her. She's yeah. obviously a very, you know, experienced broadcaster and uh, journalist. And uh, yes, I, I echo that as well. <laughs> yeah, she did one episode on a babysitter who who went out and, and never returned. And today, just like uh, about a half an hour before this um, this event started, my daughter went on her first babysitting, <laughs> her first babysitting job. And I'm just like, oh, God. Don't think of that episode. <laughs> no. <laughs> We know them, so and it's just they're just down the street, but still, right? Talking yeah. about changing lives, listening to uh, to some of these podcasts. All right, Chazia, uh, do you got a top three or or more uh, female hosted podcasts? Yeah, um, some local ones or Canadian ones. There's uh, out of Toronto, uh, Careers Uncovered. Uh, it's an individual named Chanel McFarlane. She is um, just incredible in the personal branding space. She uh, works for Corsica and she's done some work with Capital One and a number of really great companies. And um, she's a part of a mentorship program that I had the, the pleasure of being a part of called Accelerate Her Future. And that's how I got connected with Chanel. And she's actually featured on my podcast um, uh, last season as well. And she's amazing. Uh, the one that I listened to uh, anytime it comes out uh, is, and it's like a big name, but it's Oprah's Super Soul Sunday podcast. And it is probably a very big inspiration for me too, in terms of her approach and the style. And she's always been someone that represented kind of going deeper and vulnerable and sort of playing in that space of marrying spirituality with, you know, anything that you want. And then I have a, a really great friend here in Calgary. She's another HR professional. She has something called the Rando podcast and she's so hilarious. Her name is Steph Patterson and she just She'll talk about like 90 Day Fiance on one episode and then another one on anti-maskers. And she just has so many just great, well-thought-out opinions and perspectives. And she's just one of the funniest people that, I, that I've ever known. So I'd say those three. And the Marie Forleo podcast as well is a really great one just from a business and content creation perspective. So all of those are, are regular on the rotation for me. I'm a huge 90 Day Fiance fan, so uh, <laughs> noted. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Lauren, what are you listening to? Um, so I also love Girls Gotta Eat, as Jess mentioned. Um, one of my faves is actually uh, she's not Canadian, but Where Do We Begin with Esther Perel. Um, she is a world-renowned uh, psychologist and uh, relationship therapist, so she's absolutely incredible. Um, but some Canadian podcasts, there is Mom Truth with Kat and Nat. I think most people know who they are, hilarious ladies. Um, 
uh, walk in my stilettos with McKinney Smith. Um, she is a mindset coach. She was a guest on our show. Actually, she's fantastic. Um, really, really like real and raw. Uh, another American uh, female led show is um, with Amanda Hirsch from Not Skinny, Not Fat. So she talks like this is the podcast that you want to listen to when you just want to like zone out and kind of like just get the juice, get the tea of celebrity of the celebrity world and reality TV. She is hilarious and just know she's in the know about everything. So, um, and another one is a stage four clinger with Claudia and Kate Nichols. Um, they are a mother daughter duo and we're actually the last two people I mentioned, they, they are also guests on our show. Their podcast is, um, kind of cancer focused. Um, Claudia it, the mom, she currently is uh, dealing with stage four breast cancer and Claudia is kind of, or sorry, Kate has sort of become her caregiver. So they just have like a lot of anecdotal um, conversations. Their guests are awesome. They're all, for the most part, comedy uh, focused too. So there's just, there's so many good ones. There's so many. I know that was more than three. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> And I, I, we just want to put out to the people who are joining us this evening, if you have any questions, uh, let us know. Um, this will probably be my uh, last one because we are getting to the top of the hour, but certainly uh, I think uh, everyone will be willing to stick around if there are any questions that uh, somebody wants to pose to our panelists. Uh, but I, I want to know if people are watching this, if women are watching this, what holes are there in the podcasting world um, that need to be filled? Um, where do you see um, a vacancy uh, for a female-led uh, podcast? And, and we're just like, oh well, I don't, I don't know of anyone doing that right now. Um, it, it, it might be something that you, somebody listening, it, it might be right up their alley. And um, and as you as you mentioned, you know, people learn a lot from these podcasts, and they see. Um, themselves reflected in, in what you say and who you are. Are there any holes, obvious holes that uh, you think need to be filled in the podcasting world, Shazia? I think, I mean, I did an episode uh, in my last season on like self-care and therapy for uh, racialized women and women of color. And I feel like that's a space that's just so untapped, especially for those of us that grew up in primarily immigrant households where you're just really told to suck it up and kind of keep moving forward and pushing through stuff and not really dealing with things and the toxicity and knowing how to set boundaries and all of those things. And the process of me going through therapy for the last like 16 months or so has been so eye-opening in terms of, you know, having to almost be two separate people where when you're with your parents and with your family, you are one person. And then it's like you're going in, into your other part of your life and you can be a different version of that in your most authentic self. And having to kind of walk that, that line of having two identities growing up and trying to make sure your parents are really happy while also pursuing the things that make you light up and are excited about. And so I feel like that's an, an area that could be explored in so many different you know, avenues. And it's a, it's a, it's a gap for sure in my perspective, because I don't think a lot of us are taught to access mental health therapy or resources, and it's shameful in a lot of our communities. And it's not something that uh, is necessarily at the forefront of, of solutioning when it comes to uh, navigating through difficult times. And so that would be a dream to see someone that 
kind of delved in that in that arena in a more meaningful way. All right, uh, Jessica or Lauren, who wants to take this question? Where, where do you see a space to, that's open? All I would jump in and say is, uh, please let us know because this is something that we are constantly trying to fill all the time. Uh, we we have a, a huge roster of guests and giant selection of topics that we've covered, but we want to cover all of them. And you know, we ask that if anyone does have a suggestion for this, please let us know. And we would be happy to cover it no matter what. Uh, if it applies to you, chances are it applies to other women. And uh, so that's what I would suggest if you guys don't mind letting us know. Awesome. Uh, I, go ahead, Lauren. I was just going to say not so much um, a gap that I notice, but something that I would love is if there was, you know, an avenue that helps um, maybe smaller podcasts kind of get elevated um, because the competition is stiff when it comes to, um, you know, celebrities and stuff that just, you know, one day wake up and decide they want to have a podcast because they have the resources for the most part, like kind of unlimited to them that they can just pay someone else to do all of the behind the scenes work and even secure guests, whatever the case may be on what kind of show they want to have. And they really just have to show up and record and walk away from it. So I think just like, you know, audiences, while a lot of celebrity podcasts are great and I listen to them, but just having the audiences, you know, seek out more, maybe local, um, you know, Canadian or Amer like wherever you're from, you know, give, give some, show some love to those, uh, smaller podcasts. Cause you might be missing out a lot of celebrity podcasts kind of talk about other celebrities. It's all the same. <laughs> some don't, obviously there's some really great ones, but don't get me wrong. And I love them. Uh, but you know, I just feel like, you know, a lot of those individuals might not be super relatable. And there's so many podcasts like ours, Shazia's, I mean, some of the other ones we mentioned, um, that you might really take a lot away from and, um, you know, be happy that you listen to and show, just show some love. That's what, we, that's what I ask. <laughs> All right. Before we wrap things up, let's, um, give you a chance, you know, give me a, give me a little bit of a, a hype for what, what you got coming up on your podcast. Uh, the color gap, Shazia, what's going on? What's coming up? Yeah, just more uh, sort of sharing kind of sometimes practical, sometimes unconventional advice on navigating your career as a woman of color. I kind of utilized so many of my mistakes that I've made in the past, um, doing some crazy things to find uh, work and find meaningful work and um, navigating through leadership and all of that is, is, you know, on the forefront of what's coming next. And I have a lot of different um, Black, Indigenous women of color that are guests regularly on the platform. And that's the intention to continue on with that, because I think there's a need to elevate those voices and share the experiences so that people don't feel so alone as they feel like they're sometimes the only in organizations. And so more of that still coming for the next season and um, we release every second Monday episodes. And um, they're usually pretty, you know, timely and related to current experiences and events. And so, um, but a lot of it too is, is quite evergreen in terms of the content. If you're ever looking to, to get advice on a specific uh, thing as well, you can always look back in, in past seasons too. Yeah. All right. And I, and I love your name one. We've, we've, I've already established that. I think I mentioned it to you um, behind the scenes. And I think during this event as well, I, I, I love the right. one uh, talking about your name. So um, Thanks, Jessica, Stacey. 
give me some uh, hype up uh, your, your, your season. So as Lauren mentioned, we're going into season three of uh, our podcast, Her Perspective, and uh, we continuously will be looking for guests about all that. I love the word that you use, Shazia, evergreen content. Um, of course, we like to, to touch on the, you know, what's in the media at the moment as well uh, in our intros. But we have that uh, we commitment to our, our listeners that we're going to be bringing that girl talk, all of those relatable topics. And uh, like I said already, if you have a topic that we haven't covered, we are very interested to hear about it. And we will definitely do our best to make sure we do. All right. Check your inbox. Thank you so much, Lauren, Jessica, and Shazia. This has been Women on the Mic. Thank you so much for joining us and have a great evening. And thank you, panelists. Some uh, some great insights there. Thank, thank you Stacey. so much. Thank you. Thank you. Have a great night, everyone. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Bye.